This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. Tonight's lesson, what does the Bible say about judging? Judging. You don't have no problem with judging anybody, do we? Sometimes we will and do. You know, when you hear that word judge, what do we normally think of? Someone behind the bench getting ready to pronounce judgment. And that was the case with an 80-year-old woman who was shoplifting. And she went before the judge in Florida, and he looked at her and said, What did you steal? She said, I stole a can of peaches. The judge said, Well, why did you steal that can of peaches? She said, I was very hungry. The judge said, How many peaches were in that can? And she said, There were six peaches in that can. And the judge said, well, I'm going to give you six days in jail because of it. And he reached down to grab that gavel to reach up and hit it. And right before he did, the husband said, hey, wait a minute, judge, can I say something? He said, what is it? She also stole a can of peas. (laughs) Well, I don't know how many peas are in there. Sound like he wanted to get rid of her for a while, don't it? <laughs> Judging. I tell you, uh, we hope to learn some things about judging. And actually, I begin to, as I study this, uh, realize that there is something that we can do as Christians. That are kind of along the lines of judging, but it is really discerning what's right, what's wrong, as you can see in your outline, some of those things as well. So I put the scripture references down there in the outline as we've been doing that. We don't put the scriptures down. We do put those up on the board for you to read, but I I hope that maybe if you have uh, these things come up in your life, maybe someone asking you about some of these things, you can go to these references and they will be there in the Word of God. One of the most abused verses about discerning or reproving Christian is Matthew 7, 1. Matthew 7, 1. And those few verses in the chapter 1, uh, excuse me, chapter 7 of Matthew, we'll be looking at and seeing some things there. You know, what happens is soon as one is being rebuked, and they sense a little conviction of wrongdoing, then usually what happens is that verse gets misquoted. And it gets misquoted, judge not, or you will be judged. And so we want to look at that verse again, so we'll use that as our key verse starting off tonight, Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. And notice some things in that verses. Maybe you've overlooked as you read that many times. Judge not that ye be not judged. Now here's the the, uh, judgment. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, and that meet means measure, it will be measured to you again. So I think we really need to look at that verse and realize that before we pronounce judgment on someone about something, that we will be judged as well. 
A lot of us can kind of stand back and think, well, you know, I can certainly see the wrong in that person, and I think I need to tell them about it. But you better be on the lookout, because we will be judged as well. And how harshly we judge that and say something to someone, those things can come back to us as well. So, number one tonight in your outline, if we harshly or unjustly criticize others, we will be judged accordingly. We will accordingly. No one wants to be judged by God. You think about it, God knows all of our weaknesses. He knows what all of us do. He knows our faults. He sees when we do things that are not good. And many times we think, well, I certainly hope God will overlook that. I certainly hope God will forget about that, not see that, not know about that. But yet isn't it amazing how we don't carry that kind of thought when it comes to others sometimes? We, we, don't, we don't overlook their faults. We don't overlook the things that are going on in their life. But we should do the same how we want God to treat us. I remember when I was younger, uh, I remember my mother rebuking me one time. He, she, she did that to my, all my brothers quite often. But she rebuked me because I came home from church or somewhere and I began to tell her what someone else was doing and how they d did not do this right. They didn't do that right. And I didn't like the way they did that and they shouldn't be doing that. And I was very critical about that person. And I remember she, she brought it out to me that, that, uh, you know, I had problems of myself and yet I was going to be critical of someone else. And when I began to really observe the times in my life that I was critical, she was right. I could find things wrong that I was doing as well instead of worrying about what someone else was doing wrong. So as we continue down in that Matthew 7, look at verse number 3 and 4. And why beholdest thou the moat? And if you look that up, that is compared to a speck of sawdust. A moat. Why beholdest thou that little speck of sawdust that is in thy brother's eye? But consider least not the beam. And the beam is like the rafter in the building. Quite a bit difference compared to that little speck of sawdust that is in thine own eye. Oh, how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the beam of the moat out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. So metaphorically, it's, it's talking about something very small compared to something very great. So many times we'll get caught up about seeing what's so wrong with that person, what, what's so wrong with their life, what they're doing. And yet we have something in our own life that maybe needs taken care of before we need to start working on someone else. So that, that thought here in Matthew and what Jesus was saying is very, very strong, but it's, it's something that's very clear. So let's be uh, careful about how harshly, how unjustly, we can criticize others. Number two, we need to keep our own hypocrisy to ourselves. 
Now, verse number five in Matthew seven says, Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. So isn't it amazing how we've got something that's wrong in our own life if we'll take a good look at our own life and say, wait a minute, before I start working on someone else, I I shouldn't even be able to see what's going on in their life because I've got so much that I need to take care of in my own life. And it's kind of like if you watch a TV program, it's like a play actor who pretends to be a physician when he himself is sick. I'm, I'm going to go out and, and do something for someone else to help them when they're sick themselves. It's the same type of thing when it's talking about what's in our own life compared to what's going on with someone else. And so many times I have found out that those who are the most critical about other people they have the most problems sometimes in their own life. Maybe it makes us feel better if we, we're working on someone else for a while, pointing out someone else's problems. I don't know. Number three, we need to judge ourselves and our own doings. Judge ourselves. Jeremiah 17.10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Now, it didn't say, I the, and put your name there, did it? It said, I the Lord. In other words, yeah, you may be right. I may be right in knowing that this person's got a lot of problems going on. They're doing some things they shouldn't be doing, and they're making a scene about it, and on and on we we can go about it. But hey, let's stop and turn them over to the Lord. Let's let the Lord take care. You know, the Lord doesn't put us in charge and say, well, now, yeah, you got to get them straight. No, we need to pray for that person. We need to lift up that person before the Lord. And the Lord's the one who will search that heart and he will try the reins and he will give every man according to his ways. Many of you are familiar with the commentary of Matthew Henry of the 18th century. And I liked how he talked about this particular verse and how he put it in his commentary. He said, we must not sit in the judgment seat to make our word a law to everyone. Think about that. You know, you and I, what our word is, is not God's word. That's our word. We must not judge our brother. That is, we must not speak evil of him. He said, he said this, we must not judge rashly nor pass such a judgment upon our brother as has no ground, but is only the product of our own jealousy and ill nature. We must not judge the hearts of others, not their intentions, for it's God's prerogative to try the heart. And we must not step into his throne. Many times, it's just not our business to judge, is it? We have to be careful about stepping onto his throne. You know, I, God is a righteous judge and he's a good judge. And he's the best one to judge a situation over us anytime. 
So we must keep that in mind. And, and in doing that, just remember, let's judge our own doings, our own selves. I don't know about you, but I got, I got enough in my own life to keep me busy. <laughs> I don't have to judge someone, worry about someone else, but I, I'll let the Lord take care of that. Number four, sometimes our judgments are prejudiced or wrong. And I, I find myself do, that doing that sometimes. You know, sometimes I just don't like the way people act or look or what they said or how they're doing. And, and I'm so quick to say, you know what? I'm just going to tune that person out. I'm not even going to try to show them Jesus. I'm not even going to try to, because they're just being someone that's hard to get along with. And I think that many times we make judgments against a person or situation only to find out that we have half the story. And you know the thing is about it? Usually we got the wrong half. What is that old thing? Is always two halves to every story. <laughs> and many times we get that first half and we think, oh boy, okay, let's see if we can, can get this situation straight. Well, we don't know the whole story. Until we know the whole story, we certainly shouldn't stand up and say, wait a minute, let's pass some judgment here on this person. I found out many times, you know, after I found out some things about the person later on, what they were going through, what they were dealing with, I'm thinking, I was ashamed of myself. Like, my goodness, I could be in that situation myself, and here I was ready to just pounce on them. Proverbs 18, 13 says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. You know, we can be quick to answer a matter, but did we really hear everything about it? Did we really get all the details about it? I think it's very important. Number five, although we are not to judge people, we are to judge doctrine. Doctrine. That's a difference, judging people and judging doctrine. Because let me tell you something, there's a lot of false doctrine preached out here today. There's a lot of stuff that's going up and down the roads and over the, over the internet and everywhere else that people are getting caught up in. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15 and 16 says, But he that is spiritual... And that should be you and me, Christians. Judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? You know, we think that, that we know everything that's going on. But many times we need to realize, hey, there is bad doctrine out here today. There is people that are preaching things contrary to the Word of God. You know, well, you say, well, is the Bible contradicting itself? Of course not. God is the ultimate judge of people. But we, with the help of the Holy Spirit, many times will illuminate us to what's being preached right and what's being preached wrong. What's being taught right, what's being taught wrong. What's out of the Word of God and what isn't out of the Word of God. And, you know, that's why one of my uh, previous studies were, were talking about the versions of the Bible. 
It's so easy to get entangled and confused because of all these versions that are here that, that, that twist the word of God. But God is the ultimate judge. And we should realize that, that he's, he has the Holy Spirit within us to help us. What is one of the things the Bible says the Holy Spirit does? It leads us and guides us into all truth. So let him lead. Let him guide. Follow that leading. You hear something that's wrong, check it out. You feel wrong about it. You feel like it's not something that's right. And try to try to realize it's a type of judging, if you want to call that judging, that we need to do because it's to judge doctrine. You know, Jesus tells us not to judge, but he tells us in these verses we are to discern. And the spiritual man can discern what is gospel and what is right and what is wrong, whether a man preaches the truth or he's twisting the truth. And many times people twist the truth around, I believe, to shut the Holy Spirit's conviction out of it. One of the main reasons so much sin, I believe, is going on in the world today, because many times Christians are not speaking out against the truth. They're not speaking out saying, this is sin. I want you to know that this is wrong. This, this doesn't line up with God's word. We are new creatures in Christ. So I like that word discern, and I want to give you kind of the definition of that so there's no confusion about it. The main difference between judgment and discernment is that a judge merely pronounces a verdict. Discernment seeks a solution. I'll say that again. The main difference between judgment and discernment a judge would just give that verdict like he did for that 80-year-old lady. <laughs> but discernment says we need to seek a solution in this situation. So I can either say back and say, well, this is wrong. This, 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 this message going forth is wrong. Or either I can try to seek a solution and say, hey, don't get caught up in that. Let me give you something the true word of God here. Let me give you something that would really help you. Let me give you the name of our church where you can come and visit and hear the gospel preached. Amen. I mean, you're seeking to get a solution to that situation. Number six, discern what is clean and unclean. Discern what is of God, in other words, and what's not. There's a lot of ungodly living. There's a lot of people that are blaspheming God. And when you're around those type of people that live ungodly and that blaspheme God, you, that's not good to be around those people. That's not, that's not going to help you spiritually. But Matthew 7, once again, verse 6, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, Neither cast your pearls before the swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. The dogs and the swine spoken of here were understood by the Jews as ceremonial, unclean, or lowly creatures. Those were the people who had deliberately rejected 
the message of the truth many times. And Jesus gave them a graphic picture of what, what Jesus thought of the ungodly, the blasphemers. You got to remember this. A man cannot appreciate new truth that you give him again and again and again until he's responded to what he's already heard. If that man has heard the truth over and over again and turned it down, turned Christ down, you, you continuing to try to reach someone and the pastor preached a message on it, there will come a day when the Holy Spirit will no longer try to draw that person. So remember, we should discern what is clean, what is unclean in this life that we live in. Number seven, discern false teachers. False teachers. If their lives, and I've said this over and over again, whatever you're watching on TV and listening to on the radio, if they don't line up with the scriptures, then they are wrong. They're wrong. I mean, I've heard people get on the radio, get on TV, and go on and on again, and they never opened up the Bible and read one scripture out of it. It was all their opinion the whole time. And so, verse 15 of chapter 7, Matthew, Beware of false prophets, which come to you, how? In sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. So, they are out there today, and they are confusing a lot of people. They are getting a lot of people uh, down the wrong path. You know, if you ever see someone come out and say, well, don't judge me, many times they are the ones that holler are the ones who are false preachers or teachers. They don't want nobody to say anything about what they're doing. You're going you're gonna to mess up their whatever they got going on. You're going to expose them. The ones that are doing unbiblical things, living unbiblical. They need to be exposed because they're, they're turning a lot of people away from Christ. So watch out for those. Discern, warn, stay clear of someone that looks the part but is not teaching the real truth. And they're out there today. Number eight, along those same lines of the teachers are discern false teaching. If the teachings, once again, are not from the Word of God, they are not of God. And they won't produce anything good. Now, look at what Jesus continued to say in verse number 16 of Matthew. Ye shall know them by their fruits. And he explained this. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Remember that. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. But every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. I've heard that quoted by Christians many times. And it's true. You know, when people start talking about, well, are you judging this person? Are you judging that person? No, I'm just looking. I'm being a fruit inspector. <laughs> and, and, and I see a lot of fr rotten fruit. <laughs> you know, it's either going to be good fruit or bad fruit. We can easily discern what is of God and what's not of God because 
If it is not of God, it will bring forth rotten spiritual fruit. I know of a preacher one time that warned his congregation of a television preacher in the past. And he stood up and he said, listen, he said, I'm just telling you, this is this this man's going down the wrong way. He's going to send you down the wrong way. I can tell. I've watched him. I've studied. I looked into him. And many of the members got upset when he said that. And they even left the church over the matter. And it was a few years it took, but pretty soon that preacher's prophecy came true. And that evangelist was exposed and he went to jail. And of course, he, he didn't want to get up and say, I told you so. <laughs> but, you know, he had done his homework. He had discerned it, that this was wrong. His doctrine was wrong. His spiritual fruit was bad. And that happens today. That's out there today. Number nine, discern that not all that say they are Christians are Christians. You know the, the scripture, Matthew 7, 21, 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, what? Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father. What is that? That's continually living in obedience to the will of God. That's, that's saying this is my normal course of life. That I'm here to do the will of God. I'm here to serve the Lord. I'm here to live for the Lord. And that's what I want to do day in and day out. Which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day. Isn't that sad that word is there? Many. Many. I wish it was just a few. But many will say to me in that day. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Cast out devils. In thy name done many wonderful works. I mean, it sounds like they're on the right path. It sounds like they're, they're right there where they should be. But the problem comes out and says, the Lord says, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, that ye that work iniquity. So in our discernment, let's remember, not everyone that says they're a Christian is a Christian. You know, that, that, that title's kind of thrown around a lot of times. I, I, many times I've, I've asked someone, hey, are you saved? And, well, I'm a Christian. Well, I didn't ask them that. I just asked them, are you born again? Are you saved? And they'll tell me everything else. I, well, I belong to so-and-so church, and I was baptized. And, but wait a minute, can you tell me when you were born again? And they, they I, don't, I don't know what you mean. There you go. You should know that. So uh, there, there are many out there that will profess that. The wrongdoers and Holy Spirit convicted would certainly like to shut off the discernment against the wrongdoing. But Jesus lets, us, lets the truth be known. Not everyone that says he's a Christian is one. If the world uh, that we live in would recognize this many times, not everyone that says they are so-and-so, you know, are really so-and-so. <laughs> Boy, that works in politics too, don't it? But number 10, we are to discern 
or determine right from wrong. John 8, 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Aren't you glad we can know the truth? We can know the truth. The Lord doesn't want to hide that from us. John 14, 17. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Why? For he dwelleth in you, with you and shall be in you. That's one reason we can know the truth. We can know what's right and what's wrong. So the next time someone hurls Matthew 7 at you and you are only determining spiritual matter in a spirit of helpfulness, hopefully, and not hindrance, continue to show them what the Lord wants them to discern, what's right, what's wrong. You know, I, I feel like in this day and time we live in, if we don't tell them the truth, and don't do it from a judgment standpoint, do it from God's standpoint. You see, it's a difference when I, either I say, well, you know what, you're doing wrong because you're doing so-and-so, and or saying, you know what, God's Word says about that. And show them what God said. It's a big difference, and it will make a difference when we're looking at that. You know, when we're looking for faults, use a mirror, not a telescope. Amen? Well, that's what the Bible says about judging. Amen? Amen. Thank you. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.